0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Sunday, September 20th, two thousand. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by Shane Caldwell for the NFL podcast, the, Monday, or the Sunday main slate breakdown for week two. And Shane, we're coming off a week one start here in the NFL, which was terrific at DFS Coach Talk. Winners on both sites, the two lineups we gave out on FanDuel cashed. And then we had some winners on the Thursday night showdown slate, both lineups we gave out on FanDuel cash. So are you ready to do it again here in week two?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really want to sound like I'm bragging, but we've pretty much projected every single game flow and every single game plan <laughs> and all the best plays. And we've just been on fire lately. So yeah. we're ready to keep this hot streak going. We've done that in NFL for pretty much all the games and all, all the slates. And then we've done that at a really high level in these NBA slates, which are difficult to predict because you only have one game. So you don't have a lot of variance there. You know, they're pretty volatile And just the way that, uh, that we've been able to project these and the NFL and the NBA games, exactly how they're going to go, who are going to be the main players, how the coaches and the teams are going to approach it. Like if you listen to our podcast and then watch the game, you would think that we already watched the replay of the game and then recorded (laughs) a podcast and recorded it. like, so I don't mean to brag, but just, just go watch the tape and you'll see. Yeah. That's right.
0: It's in the tape. Uh, It's right there uh, on on record uh, on YouTube. So uh, we do appreciate your support and uh, got a nice following here growing and people are recognizing the the seven day a week NBA podcast. So we do have to mention that real quick here because we had a great night. Uh, One of our members, longtime member, JP Wild, uh, took our DraftKings core for NBA tonight and built out the same lineup as I did. And we both took down. GPPs, you know, tied for first on the showdown slate. So that was really exciting. And then we have a new member today, E-Man, the man, 007. We've got to give him a shout out. He, uh, cool. You know, used our core lineups, had turned $20 into almost $600 on his first day as a member. So welcome to him. Just want to give him a shout out and invite you all in to join us. Uh, we have weekly, uh, monthly, and annual memberships. Or the fall special, which is still going for you NFL fans. And if you grab that, you get a nice discount on the monthly membership. It takes you all the way through this calendar year. So with all the sports going on, it's a perfect time to join DFS Coach Talk. And what makes us different different is how we dig in, use the eye test, hand build the lineups. uh, And then we're able to give out full lineups on FanDuel. And that's what's really easy. You just come in and plug and play. And then on DraftKings, we give the uh, the core, the uh, dra- the coach's clipboard with core plays and pivots. So we'll be talking about that today with NFL. But great time to join. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com. We'd love to have you. So yeah,
1: I mean, I'm scrolling through our Discord and it's like green everywhere, We're like winnings in their Discord. All the members posted their stuff, so it's really exciting to see everyone winning in there and cashing. Yeah, it's amazing. Twenty dollars. First night, uh, first night in the, in the in the Discord with us it turns it into five hundred ninety-eight dollars, and Andrew's probably being a little bit uh, a little bit humble because he took a twelve-dollar entry and turned it into eight hundred and thirty-dollar win. So yeah, so since I'm kind of bragging a little bit tonight, I'm bragging for you. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was a single entry. It
0: was a single entry, uh, yeah. twelve into eight eight thirty or whatever it was, and you know that's another thing we do is we teach our members about contest selection coach absolutely harps on that non-stop. You know, it's just a lot easier to take one of those down than the big field. And there's nothing wrong with playing big field GPPs. Shane and I do it all the time. Um, but, you know, that same lineup was top 1%. It uh, didn't take down the main event, but you get a really nice return if you take down a single entry. So uh, we're always, you know, trying to mentor the new members and, and help them, encourage them to enter those single entry contests. So um, enough about that. Let's get into this Sunday slate and uh, see if we can build some winners here in week two, Shane. We, we're not going to rest on our laurels after week one. We're going to keep crushing it here. So um, week two, and do want to thank our presenting sponsor here, betus.com.pa. Uh, our presenting sponsor, terrific partner, love uh, working with them. And uh, you can use the promo code Talk when you go to betus.com.pa make your first deposit, and get a 125% match. So we encourage you to do that. All right, Shane, let's start with the quarterbacks. That's what we're doing here on the Saturday night shows. Um, we are breaking it down by position, uh, looking a little bit at the pricing on DraftKings and FanDuel, taking in all the news that we have at this stage, and trying to help you build you know, that core lineup uh, for the main slate on Sunday. So at the quarterback position— um, lots of uh, exciting options. We got to start with the matchup with Dallas and Atlanta. We go because we talked about that on the Thursday show. Really high over under. Uh, it's going to be a game that most people want to stack, but there is some important news here with the Dallas offensive line, isn't there?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think this is game changing for this for this slate and for this game. That's the, by far the highest over under uh the li- the the cowboys offensive line is really shaky here you, you look at the cowboys and you think you know superstars everywhere and you think solid offensive line and if you don't look a couple layers into it you probably don't realize that their offensive line right now is really bad in fact their offensive line is probably one of the worst in the league as it's going to be starting this 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 week at least for week two okay so there is a chance that tyron smith they're basically i'll just say it he's pretty much a hall of fame tackle all pro tackle, one of the best in the league. There's a chance that he sits this week and he doesn't play. Um, We'll know closer to lineup time tomorrow uh, on Sunday morning, but he has a neck injury and he hasn't been practicing. He's questionable. So he might tough it out, but if he's out and Lyle Collins, their other starting tackle is also already out. He's already ruled out. They've already, you know, lost other guys, you know, uh, on the offensive line. You're talking about shuffling this offensive line, having third and fourth string guys, you know, practice squad guys playing on the offensive line. And the offensive line, if you watched last week's game against, uh, you know, it was against Aaron Donalds, but he was taking two of those guys and throwing them around like ragdolls. So <laughs> yeah. he really was if you watch that replay. So, and yeah, it, but they, you know, they have Grady Jarrett in there, the the Atlanta Falcons do. You know, they have some pretty good defensive tackles that could cause some havoc in there. So, and that's going to cause, you know, they're going to want, you know, Dan Quinn is a, a defensive-minded guy. He's going to want to cause some, some pressure on those guys and produce some pressure packages. So that really affects the uh, scoring output for the Cowboys, the ability to put up huge scores. Is it possible they could still put up huge scores? Yes, but it all starts up front. If you don't have pass protection and you can't run block effectively, guys like Ezekiel Elliott aren't going to be able to be as productive in the run game, then that doesn't set up the play action as well. And then you're your, uh, your star quarterback, uh, Dak doesn't have as much time to hit Amari Cooper and Gallup and these guys these deep routes. So that changes the whole game to me and the whole game script. I still like the Atlanta guys here quite a bit, you know, they're healthy and they are firing on all cylinders. And the way you attack Dallas is secondary. The way you attack Dallas is through their secondary. It's a weak secondary. They're inexperienced. They're, they're not very deep there. They did get Jordan Lewis back at their corner at their slot corner. So that means CeeDee lamb has uh, uh, or not cd lamb i mean uh the 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 russell gage who's typically in the slot he's going to have a typically a little bit harder matchup against jordan lewis but it's not he's a shutdown but on the outside they're very young young and inexperienced uh Woozie and uh and Diggs aren't really that great so you can exploit them especially when you have julio jones and calvin ridley uh, yes. so i still like those guys so anyways i still like matt ryan Okay. Since we're talking about quarterbacks, I still like Matt Ryan. I think he can still torch this Dallas secondary. And I don't think the Atlanta running game is that good with Todd Gurley. And I think Dallas's defense is still pretty tough at stopping the run, which means the way you beat them is through the pass game. Um, it's just, I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to have as much upside. If Dallas isn't scoring a lot, there might not, it might be a little slower paced game and not quite as high scoring, but I do still really like Matt Ryan and his weapons around him as well. Uh, So I'll start with that. And what what do you think about uh, this game and this position?
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think if Tyron Smith could hear this podcast, that'd be great because he'd say, finally, folks are realizing how important I am in the left tackle position. I mean, this could potentially change this game and therefore the entire slate. It's just a a massive domino. So I think he would appreciate that. But uh, I'm with you. It is huge news. So that's one of the things we'll check at 1130 Eastern before we give out our final player advice to our members. So, um, you know, I, I, you got to look at some pivots here. Um, I, I, right now I'm staring at Josh Allen. You know, he's got the price right in between those guys on DraftKings. I, I like the idea of playing him naked. Uh, hope that he runs in a couple uh, against Miami, just like uh, Cam Newton last week. and, You could do that and still use a couple of the skill position players from Atlanta, Dallas. Like you said, you could still use Julio and or Ridley. Uh, We're going to talk about their tight end when we get there as well. So uh, that's one option. There are a couple cheaper quarterbacks that I got to mention as potential stack options because we certainly like to do that in our GPPs. So Tom Brady and and Ryan Tannehill. I want to mention those two, get your thoughts on that. Tom Brady is in a nice matchup against Carolina and we know that Godwin is out. So it shrinks the pool a little bit for his targets, which is which is nice. So we've got Mike Evans at a decent price, we've got Scotty Miller, we've got OJ Howard and and Gronk, so a lot of a lot of uh, solid weapons. So there's one one place you could go. And then Tannehill, uh, we also have injury news there. A.J. Brown is out. So now you get some receiving options that are a little bit cheaper. Uh, You can go with Corey Davis at $4,000. You can go with uh, Adam Humphreys. You can go with the tight end, Johnny Smith. So those are uh, two stacks that are a little bit cheaper. That you could differentiate and get away from the Dallas Atlanta game. So, what do you think about those two options?
1: Well, I uh, I do love Tom Brady, so I'm on the same page there. He's one of the first, you know, one of the first names after Matt Ryan I wrote down that uh, guys that I've really narrowed down to. Uh, I I'm going to call this, you know, Angry Tom Brady Week. You know, I think you're familiar with what Angry Tom Brady is if you're, you know, you're up up in that New England area and uh, Patriots fan. So Angry Tom Brady can just pretty much just, you know. Uh, he can pretty much just pour it on, and he doesn't really care, and and they'll just let him put up, you know, 40 points against the team, and it doesn't matter what quarter it is. And I look at it, you know, Tampa Bay, not a great running team necessarily, Uh, probably better attacking this uh, weak, uh, inexperienced Carolina secondary. Uh, And like I said, you combine that with he has great targets. Even with Godwin out, he has great, uh, great talented guys to throw to, Uh, and I think Tom Brady will pick apart this young, inexperienced Experienced secondary or uh, in the young inexperienced defense in general so you got to love that I mean they have a huge implied total uh, you know big favorites but it's not like they're the type of team that just wants to run the ball when they get it up a lead I think that they're especially since they lost last week and this is still a division game I think they're going to want to pour it on just to make sure that Carolina can't come back and try to make some miracle you know Teddy Bridgewater miracle or something. So, so again, I, yeah, i I'm all, in. I, I really, you know, and we'll talk about the guys that I like with him uh, when we okay. get to wide receivers here, they're pretty obvious, but uh, I don't think they're going to get that high ownership. So yeah, I, lo- I love Tom Brady here. And, uh, you know, I'll just, I'll say though, I'll be honest. I don't like Tannehill. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is a game where they're going to pound Jacksonville huge advantage in the in the run blocking and in the running game here and you, you you know I'm sure you can imagine what who I like from Tennessee it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll wait till running backs okay so I feel like this is a Tannehill game where he only has to throw like 18 times or something okay. like and if you look at Tennessee's game scripts last week when they're at home and they're dominating that's how it was Tannehill he was super efficient but he, he barely even threw the ball you know so if, if i'm not going to get massive volume or at least decent volume out of it even if he is productive i'm not interested in it in dfs it's all about volume and production you know not yes. everyone can be like uh, russell wilson and you know only throw the ball like you know 20 times and just completely torch people or i mean now well now russell wilson's actually getting volume it's a whole different game <laughs> then, then but i know i just don't like Tannehill here i mean he's down his top receiver and uh you know Jacksonville's not great but Why why are they going to need to pass? Like, I can't, uh, you know, unless somehow Jacksonville, you know, it's Minshew mania. You know, Uncle Rico has a big game here. (laughs) You 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 never know. He might, right? We did the Jacksonville Jacksonville preview back in the summer, and uh, we did the Uncle Rico skit. So it's just classic. That just never gets old. So, yeah, so I I don't like Tannehill. Here's another old veteran, uh, future Hall of Famer that I like this week, though. Speaking of, you know, goats, uh, since we were talking about Brady, is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, Now, I like Roethlisberger uh, against Denver. So Denver has to travel into Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's home opener here. Uh, Pittsburgh's big favorites, you know, their defense is obviously solid. Don't, I don't like the chances for Denver here. And I think that the way you attack Denver, by the way, their starting corner, their best corner, AJ Bouillier is out. He's already confirmed out and Denver was already weak in the secondary. And guess who else is out? Von Miller. He's out you know, right. for a long time. Their best pass rusher. So, okay. So Denver doesn't have a good pass rush, not as good a pass rush. They uh, And they lost their best corner and they're going into Pittsburgh against, you know, I don't know if I can call him angry, but it's, you know, revival Ben Rosselsberger here, right? So, what do you think Rosselsberger is going to do to him? And, you know, they can run the ball, but they actually have a better advantage in the uh, run blocking, uh, you know, matchup here than they do passing uh, or, 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 I'm sorry, pass blocking than they do running. So Denver's pretty tough against the run and the way you exploit them, the way you attack them is through the pass game. And Ben Roethlisberger happens to be a good quarterback. He looks like he's healthy again and he has a full array of weapons, of course. So Ben Roethlisberger, and he's also the type of guy that doesn't mind putting up 35 to 40 points on you and just running the score up on you, which means good volume, good production, and it means fantasy upside and I don't even think these guys are going to be like Tom Brady and Rossberg. I don't think they're going to be the highest owned guys, you know, the people are going to be looking elsewhere. So that's why I, I really like these savvy veterans in a, in a great, great matchups, great situations. Um, and I think they can really torch these teams here. What, what are you thinking about big Ben here? Yeah, I, I,
0: I hear what you're saying. I think it's a good matchup for the passing game. I do also like the Steelers defense and if they just completely shut down Denver, I'm a little bit concerned about if they really will pile it on, if they'll need to, uh, if they'll just pound the rock in the second half and, uh, you know, let let Connor and, and Snell mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. So that would be my concern is if the defense is so strong, maybe the defense scores once and takes, a, takes away a little bit. Uh, so I probably would prefer Tom Brady over Big Ben. Yeah.
1: And I agree with you there. I, I did think yeah. about that scenario. I think that the Steelers would continue just to like score on them, probably, mm-hmm. even if they get a big lead, because I just feel like that's the way that's kind of like the way the team's just rolling, what's going to roll right now. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they will do that, just blow a team out every now and then. Um, uh, <clears throat> cause yeah, I don't, I don't think Tomlin's going to be like, ah, let's just, you know, slow the game down here. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with that. The game trip's not great. And if you want to be able to play Pittsburgh's defense, which I am very interested in them, um, uh, then yeah, it doesn't always make sense. Although the scenario is they, get a big lead and uh you know drew locks like slinging the ball around and throws another pick six so there's a scenario where the defense scores and roethlisberger still gets like three touchdowns and 300 yards and you're fine right so Mm -hmm. but yeah it i can understand that in terms of game script it doesn't make much sense it makes sense that they would just run the ball and run the clock out and then not have to pass that much so okay um and then i mean i still i'm still interested in lamar jackson even though he is super highly owned and super Mm -hmm. expensive uh, you know, if you can get enough value in there. I'm interested in uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I think that he's in a good spot here uh, against Houston. Houston should be able to score a little bit on that Baltimore defense. So it's a great game script. Uh, and obviously, I'm not really afraid of their secondary. And I think this is a game where if he has to score a little bit more. Um, they, they, he might he might run it a little bit more. Where I'm projecting this year that he's going to pass a little bit more and run a little less. I think that Lamar Jackson might have to get out and run a little bit more against Houston. Um, you know, if the if the coverage is decent. But yeah, I, I think I just like his rushing upside here as as he, as usual with Lamar Jackson, and I like him being able to get uh, attack them through the passing game and probably have to pass the ball. Um, more than probably run the ball here. But, you know, I I think they could gash them in the pass game too. But if Houston can keep up and score here, um, that, yeah, that could be a a pretty good play. Um, What are you thinking about Lamar Jackson here? Is he he too expensive or do you like him?
0: Well, you know, I wasn't on him when we did the Thursday show, but now that I'm really digging in and building some lineups, um, there are, you know, for GPPs, there are a couple cheap running backs and wide receivers that I'm interested in. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you've know got a real opportunity to go ahead and spend up and get him. So I will have some exposure to him uh, just because of the, the lineup construction. Okay. And uh, before we go to running backs, let me ask you about two cheaper quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler Murray, who I think is underpriced at 6100 on DraftKings going up against the Washington football team. And then Jimmy G at 5700 against the Jets. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had such a great performance against them last week. They're just not in a good spot. Uh, so what what do you think about Murray and Jimmy G?
1: I think Kyler Murray is going to be one of the highest owned quarterbacks because he is underpriced. I agree. I watched that game. Uh, those two quarterbacks played each other. I wasn't impressed with either quarterback. I know Kyler Murray came on at the end of the game, had that awesome run. You know, he looked really good and juking people and scoring the touchdown it's just i can't get over this is this is my thing i just can't get over the size of kyler murray uh against these you know uh the washington football team we talked about uh you know they got a good football team you know they got a good, <laughs> they got a good defensive line i got to say yeah. i got to say that joke every time so i just think that the size and the length of that of that defensive line is going to cause havoc on on kyler murray i watched san francisco last week you know, bat a lot of balls down. One of them was intercepted after it was batted down. I think they're going to cause a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray and really put a spy on him and contain him. Uh, So I don't think he's going to get as much rushing yards and he's going to be under pressure all day. Um, So I don't, and I think Fabian Monroe, uh, Monroe, Monroe can, uh, can at least cover Hopkins for a little bit. Hopkins was absolutely on fire, but the coverage wasn't really that great. Richard Sherman went out at the end of the game and, you know, San Francisco's defense didn't play that great, but I just, they are at home. Arizona's at home. It's a fast paced offense. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to be slinging the ball, but I just don't like how he just throws a bunch of those little short passes. He doesn't really get that many air yards. I mean, he started to throw a couple like 15 yard passes to Hopkins, but other than that, it was just dinking and dunking down the field. Uh, He saved his game with the rushing touchdown. I don't think you're going to get that. And I think he's going to be turnover prone in this game. And he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, So even though it does look like a great matchup on paper, I'm not quite sure if I don't, I don't like Kyler Murray. I didn't think for the eye test, I don't think he actually looked that good to me in in week one, even though he did come up big at the end. And, you know, if he does get another rushing touchdown and another 80 to hundred rushing yards, then obviously he's probably going to hit value and smash. But I just, for whatever reason, just watching the film, I didn't like him. And I thought uh, uh, Garoppolo looked really bad as well. And Garoppolo has no really reliable targets. George Kittle's going to be out this week, by the way. So so you got George Kittle out and Debo Samuel out. So, and I don't even care what defense they're playing, um, you know, they got to try travel all the way from San Francisco to New York, the, the, the Jets, you know, the Jets still have a decent defense. Uh, so I just don't love that. Love Garoppolo scoring a ton and having high upside uh, in the passing game. He just doesn't have enough targets for me. Uh, and I don't, I don't think he's that great. I mean, I understand it's like pretty it's a pretty good matchup you want to pass against them I do like how the Jets are a pass funnel defense I just don't like Garoppolo and his weapon so uh-huh. I don't know if it's gonna produce enough upside for for that so so yeah sorry uh, for all the Kyler Murray lovers out there but you know Kyler Murray could certainly go off he's gonna be super high owned but I, I'm just not very interested in him and I wasn't impressed with him but he could certainly prove me wrong he's at home. He's very talented in a fast-paced offense, but we're, we're going to see tomorrow, I guess. But, yeah, that Washington football team, they're pretty solid, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they, good football
1: they're, team. They're off to a good start.
0: <laughs> Got a good football yeah, coach, yeah. for sure. Uh, all right, let's, tra- his, yeah, exactly. let's, let's transition to the running backs. Um, where do you want to start there? Looking at the expensive guys, um, could we fade McCaffrey and Barkley again? Um Caffrey really struggled against Tampa Bay last year. And then Barkley, uh, he is significantly cheaper. He's 1600 cheaper. We talked about how uh, rough an, uh, of an outing he had that first week against Pittsburgh. Um, and then Elliott is next on DraftKings. What do you think about the top of the running back class?
1: Yeah, so you can probably tell I don't think I'm interested in Elliott now. But the way this Dallas line, offensive line is shaken up. And and the, I think we mentioned before in the, on the game breakdown that Tony Pollard looks decent. He might get in there to get some pass work as they're scrambling around trying to figure out how to protect Dak Prescott. You know, yeah. Uh, so they might throw some screens to Pollard. You know, Elliott could get some pass work in there. But yeah, I'm not really that high on Elliott, even though it's obviously it should be a great game environment, it's supposed to be high scoring. But I'm a little skeptical on that game now. Um, and then your your other guys in there. Um, you know, uh, I think. It, uh, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is definitely a full fade for me. Um, I'm not really that impressed with McCaffrey. This this year version of it, I pretty much said that all, all off and all preseason. I mean, he's still super talented, but I wasn't. It didn't seem like Bridgewater had a good connection with him in terms of those check downs and those running back routes. I mean, maybe they'll make adjustments and do that. And it seems like Tampa Bay just plays him really well. They got a tough They're obviously going to be able to game plan against him, so I think McCaffrey will still get his. I don't think he's going to pay off that value or have a huge ceiling game here, though. So I'm not interested in him. Saquon is very interesting to me because obviously he had a really bad game last week, but he was going against that Pittsburgh front that absolutely dominated. So I guess the question is, can they get him more involved in the passing game? Which is, I think, they will against Chicago, and I know that. Chicago didn't look dominant against the run last week you know the Lions were able to run against them as I mentioned um uh, I've seen Adrian Peterson break off some really good runs against him and obviously you know Saquon's a lot more explosive than the old old man Adrian Peterson right. <laughs> you know like, like I mentioned he's pretty good for 35 years old uh but yeah so I could see a scenario where Saquon uh them and if the Giants can upset the uh the Bears, it's because of Saquon. Basically, is the way the way I look at it there. So, so I do do like a little bit of exposure to Saquon, but I'm not really that interested in cash. It's really more GPPs. You're trying to set yourself apart because I don't, I can't imagine he's that highly owned going into Chicago on the road here, uh, coming off a bad game. So I like that recency bias and uh, take a shot at him, but I won't have a lot of Saquon, just a small amount of exposure, just in case he does have that big breakout game.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm going to, speaking of GPPs, I'm going to give out a running back that I'm interested in for GPPs. We talked about it on Thursday, so I'm curious if you're, if anything's changed, but it's David Johnson, it's Houston, and it's the rest factor. He's got the 10 days of rest after that Thursday night game against the chiefs. He had big usage, you know, big snap count, big touch count, and he's going against Baltimore, which is a tough defense, but, Cleveland had, you know, significant success running against them, good yards per carry, and then they got behind and so they, you know, they didn't get to run as many plays and they threw it, it as negative game script, but David Johnson I think at 5800 on DraftKings is a pretty good value for a GPP play.
1: Yeah, I think he's o- he's okay if you can if you feel like he's going to get a lot of passing work. Like I think you're going to need him to catch like an unusual high amount of balls, like six or seven balls, yep. and get some receiving, maybe like a receiving touchdown. Because I don't think he's going to be able to do that much work on the ground against these guys. Uh, when I looked at the, like the Pro Football Focus like offensive line vs. defensive line rating, uh, there was a huge huge advantage for the Baltimore defensive line. In terms of run, run uh, stopping versus run blocking. So, so Baltimore, uh, so it, Houston's offensive line in terms of run block, run blocking in this matchup, we're at a huge disadvantage, which isn't a surprise. But it's not, you know, if it was a little closer to neutral, maybe, or just a slight disadvantage, I'd be like, okay, maybe they can get something going. But just according to those grades and you know what i've seen uh, i think i still think baltimore defense is one of the best they're up they're pretty close up there with pittsburgh uh, i just think that i don't really want to i don't really want to mess with them too much in terms of targeting that that defense but the nice thing is in a gpp i would imagine david johnson's like 1 or 2% ownership so you are going to get that guy and like i said if he can do work in the running or in the passing game I, I am interested in him, which I think he will. And the nice thing is he's pretty much the bell cow. Uh, we'll have to check Duke, Duke Johnson status, by the way. He did pop up on in the injury report. I just don't remember his final designation there uh, because that could be interesting because he would get almost all the work then. Um, so he could maybe do it with volume if he could get 40 to 50 rushing yards and then all of a sudden have – Forty or fifty receiving yards and get a touchdown or two. I think that might be enough at uh, at lower ownership. So yeah, so I don't hate it. It's just it's it is a really risky one. It feels definitely like a l- large GPP. You're trying to gain an advantage there. So with David Johnson, um, let's I've talk never about-
0: I've never heard you sound so uh, opposed to a little risk.
1: I know. Yeah, exactly. No, I I think it's it's yeah, it's nearly almost too much risk here. Oh, my gosh. Wow. No, like I said, there's a path where he can he can uh, do work in the receiving game here. I just, you know, I love Baltimore's defense. so I just don't like targeting uh, people against them, you know. Uh, but I, I love David Johnson in general this year, okay. you know, just not in this matchup necessarily. But yeah, I mean, like I said, Bill O'Brien is determined to, to prove that he made the right that's trade. Right. So he might just Absolutely. keep pounding into Baltimore. Maybe David Johnson breaks a few. So, yeah. So I, I, th- I think it's a good idea because uh, the fact that it makes me so nervous tells you that's a great, that could be a 1% ownership right there, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, so then, let's talk about, about these other running backs. Yeah. Who else do you like in that mid tier? This one is the one that makes you nervous because when I mentioned his name earlier in the week, you're like, oh no, this guy is still nervous. I I, know what's coming. I'm still nervous. And, and I, you know, again, this is like how, you know, I'm nervous about David Johnson. You're nervous about Miles Sanders. I like the fact that people are nervous about Miles Sanders. Uh, I know you were worried about him splitting. I don't think he's going to split. I think he's going to come in. He's fully healthy, fully practicing. They're getting Lane Johnson back. They're starting tackles so the offensive line slightly better this week. Okay. And I'm not afraid of the Rams having to travel all the way to Philadelphia. I'm not afraid of that. I think that they're. Uh, the Rams looked decent last week, but they were going to be going against that banged-up uh, Cowboys offensive line. C.K. Elliott had a pretty good game through the air and on the ground. And I think Miles Sanders is going to have a sort production. He's going to be attacking. He's going to be the bell cow, and he's going to get production on the, on the ground and through the air. And I feel like Miles Sanders is a two-touchdown type guy, like a rushing touchdown and receiving touchdown, and he's going to do a ton of work. And he's way too cheap because he is priced out like a guy that's splitting carries, like a guy that – came back from an injury. And if I can get him at lower ownership, I'm very interested in him. He's 6,800 on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. So I can't get off Miles Sanders. I looked at it uh, uh, just about every way I could. And I, I like him. And I feel like people forgot him for, for, are forgetting about him, that he's one of the most talented running backs. And he's pretty much a bell cow. And I wasn't impressed with Boston Scott or Corey Clement, I think those guys are complete backups and they're going to have very little, you know, they're going to spell him a little bit if he's tired. But I feel like he's he's in shape. He's ready to go. He's healthy. I'm good with it. He's going to have a major role in this offense here. Um, so I, 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 I like Miles Sanders I, 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 and I really can't get away from him.
0: You know, um, I, I asked Brett his opinion. Brett is a member of our team. He does a lot of our uh, behind the scenes work. A smart, yeah. young uh, Eagles fan. And, you know, he's leaning a little bit more towards the the committee approach. You know, it feels like Peterson's been talking about more of a balanced distribution throughout the summer. So, you know, just want to throw that in there. Yeah, uh, that's uh, coach speak. Uh, you don't listen to anything <laughs>
1: those guys say. No, Miles, I and mean, he's also been on record to say that Miles Sanders is his guy. You know, and this is and all the reports from Eagles insiders, like guys like Adam Kaplan and those guys, uh, you know, is that the Miles Sanders is going to be the bell cow this year. And okay. people are forgetting about that. They're thinking that's still a committee. I do not think it's a committee. I mean, yeah, he'll get a little bit of rest in there. It's his first game this year, but yes. he's going to get plenty yep. of touches. he, I, he's looking at 20 plus touches total through between rushing and catches. He's looking at 20 plus touches. And if you're, if he did get 20 plus touches and he's going to get pretty good production out of those, um, like I said, I think he's going to get in the end zone and he's that cheap, you know, Uh, I'll even give you, I'll
0: even give you 18 and a half. You can have the over. I'll take the under on the touches. Okay. Is that the line? You got the line. line. I just just made it. I just made it up.
1: Okay. That's good. Okay. Okay. That's good. We'll take, I'll take that. I I got the, I got the 20 touches. Here's what I will say. Here's
0: what I will say. I, the one thing I cannot do is have these debates with you and then not play him and see him go off. So I will get him in a couple lineups because $6,000. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll spend six grand on him. Why not? (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Yep. All right. Excellent. Uh, any other running backs you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you kind of have to mention Derrick Henry. He's at home as a as a major favorite against this weak Jacksonville defense, and they're just going to feed him the ball, and he's he's going to you know he's going to rush for a lot of yards and score touchdowns. So, so <laughs> I know that's a really simplified approach, but that's what's going to happen. So I feel like this is definitely one of those like 150 rushing yards, like potential two touchdown games. And guess what? Also, is happening uh, Darrington Evans, the rookie who's supposed to be the change of pace running back is determined out this week. So he's out for this week, which means Derrick Henry is basically their only running back. And also Derrick Henry is a little bit more involved in the passing game. If he just catches two or three balls or hopefully even four balls, that's going to up his fantasy value even more. He can catch those screen passes, take it to the house. Uh, they're going to they're gonna feed Derrick Henry and I don't think Jacksonville can do anything about it. So, and so I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Derrick Henry. Love him. And then of course the other guy, this guy's going to be highly owned, but I would probably eat the chalk is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's way too cheap in the high $5,000 range. And obviously Marlon Mack's out. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, is also, uh, you know, another great matchup here. Uh, and, and definitely love the offensive line in Minnesota's, you know, fairly weak on defense right now. And they're going to exploit that. And I like how Jonathan Taylor was involved in the passing game, even though in college, he didn't really catch the ball that much. So, yep. uh, So I like those guys. Uh, I'm not opposed to Clyde Edwards. He he's pretty expensive, but if you can fit him into your build, again, he's going to be a bell cow. Um, I think that they, uh, that uh, I think that Kansas city can attack them with a running back, um, they have, you know, they have some pretty good corners for the LA Chargers, so it might not be as easy to exploit them in the passing game. So you can you can hit them with the short passing game with the running backs and hit them with the running game. Uh, they, they are pretty uh, they're exploitable in terms of running against them. Um, so I definitely like Clyde edwards Um uh, And then how about uh, my guy Adrian Peterson here? Uh, I think he's going to be pretty low on, Can you believe it? A Detroit Lion. Uh, I, I'm shocked I, I was yeah can you are you shocked I mean I think that that's a good way to attack Green Bay they are vulnerable to the run and you know Adrian Peterson does pretty good against Green Bay typically um, the Lions still are not sure if they're gonna have buy tie back they're starting right tackle but the offensive lines still pretty physical. Um, I think that they can, if there's a game script where it stays close, Adrian Peterson will actually get a lot of run and productive, and he's going to be their goal line back, their red zone back. He's pretty much their main back now. So uh, so he, there, is a, there is a scenario where he's pretty cheap, 5,500 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DK, where Adrian Peterson gets around 100 yards and a touchdown, and that pretty much smashes value at that point. Um, you know, he might get over 100 yards. So I do like him um and here's a here's the the sleeper kind of uh cheaper guy i'm kind of interested in antonio gibson for the football team over there um and i think that they have a pretty good matchup against uh, arizona and if they get him more involved which i'm hearing reports that they might get him more involved he can do a lot of work in the passing and running game and he's the type of guy who's explosive that can take it to the house he's really a good athlete and he's 4300 on tk what do you think about antonio gibson too much risk or do you like a shot on a shout at him here yeah, I, I do like
0: that. I think there's a decent chance that, although he didn't get a lot of snaps and touches, that they'll they'll say, okay, you're a rookie. You've got that under your belt. Let's get you in a few more plays here, and they'll expand his role. So I think that's a, a solid play. Uh, we saw that uh, San Francisco had a lot of success catching the ball out of the backfield against Washington. Um, so um, that's that's. I think I mixed that up. Um, I was thinking about, uh, Arizona. Um, so, um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, just getting him some more snaps, uh, makes him an option at 4,300, but there's another guy at 4,300 who I want to mention on DraftKings. I, I mentioned him on the Thursday show and that's Miles Gaskin and he had 13 touches. And if, if, uh, if there, if Buffalo gets out to a, a solid lead, And Miami's playing catch-up. I think he'll get a bunch of opportunities. And the one stat I'll add that I didn't mention on Thursday is he had over 60% of the snaps he was out there. So a guy for 4,300 on DraftKings, PPR, uh, a perfect uh, match in, in my book. So uh,
1: he, he did pass the eye test when I watched him. I yep. thought he'd looked really explosive and he looked really good. And yeah. And I think that if they're just going to be checking down all those little garbage time, you know, passing plays, if Buffalo gets up and Fitzpatrick, uh, Fitzpatrick can, you know, hit him with those little check downs and yeah, he can run, you know, you can run a little bit against Buffalo. Usually, you're better off trying to run against them than try to pass to, to try to pass against them. So, yeah, I could see a scenario. I, I like that. I don't think he's going to be that highly owned. You know, nope. so I Definitely. think that's great. So, yeah. okay,
0: excellent. Well, before we get to the wide receivers, we're going to take a quick break here for a word from our partners at BetUS.com.pa. All right, welcome back. So Shane, let's transition to the wide receivers. Um, We've talked about uh, some of the quarterbacks we liked and potential stacks. So as you're building out your lineups here, where are the the first uh, few guys that you're looking at?
1: Do we have to talk about wide receivers? Because I don't really want to have to talk about Devontae Adams, how he's going to annihilate the Lions (laughs) (laughs) on Sunday. Do we have to really talk about him? So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said on the last podcast, Devontae Adams is now like 2019 uh, Michael Thomas, which is kind of scary. And, yeah, he's going up against. So the update on the Lions, Desmond Trufant is out. So probably one of our best corners, our slot corner. Uh, uh, is uh, Justin Coleman also one of our better corners is out so we're left with uh, Tony McRae in the slot who's not very good he was supposed to be like probably our fifth string corner he's starting now and then uh, Amani Awarier, who's a second year guy uh, who's a decent you know he's got good size he's a decent corner but he's going to be out there in the outside and then Jeff Jeff uh, Akuda, that everyone knows, is uh, was a stud at Ohio State, but he's a rookie and it's his first game playing. Because by the way, he didn't play last week. I don't know if anyone noticed that or not. So you're talking about a second-year young corner, uh, a veteran who's not good in the slot, and uh, Jeff Acuda, who's talented, but it's still his first game as a rookie. So this is a great matchup for pretty much all the Green Bay receivers. But yeah, Devontae Adams is pretty hard to pass up. You know, he's going to get all the targets here. The Lions can score on the other side, which means Aaron Rodgers will have to pass. It's not like they're just going to be able to run the ball the whole game. So they will have to score. Uh, I think the Lions can score as well. So this is a good game environment. So this is kind of a sneaky shootout, even though Vegas does have a pretty high total. The total's up to 50 now, by the way. So they are projecting shootout. So it's kind of sneaky because the Atlanta Dallas game might go under like like I'm projecting it is when we talk about the the what's happening with Dallas uh, where Green Bay and uh the and Detroit could actually uh go go over, you know, so I think it's going be high scoring here so Devonte adams eighty six hundred um, let me, Bengals- ask, you,
0: let me yeah. ask you this about Devonte
1: Adams um
0: you know if you were going to play cash, he seems like a you know slam dunk cash game play here, great matchup. Um, tremendous, tremendous chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. But for GPPs, you know, how much can you fade him here? Are you comfortable fading him? Is it one of those situations where it's just too good to be true? I mean, it just seems like, you know, everything's set up for another smash spot. But, you know, how willing are you going to be to fade him in GPPs to just get, you know, away from that high ownership?
1: Yeah, in larger tournaments, you're trying to get away or even single entry. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with fading them because this okay. is a scenario where, you know, if the Lions can get a decent pass rush and run some pressure on Aaron Rodgers, that they can cause some problems. And the Lions could, uh, you know, use some of their safeties like Tracy Walker, Shadow, and team DeMonte Adams and try to take him out of it. Um, and, you know, I would say that Amani Warrior. Amani and also Jeff Akuda, even though they're young, they are, uh, they're, they're, they got good size. They're very fast. They're very quick. They're physical corners. And they've been playing against, you know, uh, they've been practicing against Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, who are really good wide receivers, you know, all training camp. And, and you know, so they, so they're decent corners. I mean, they're, it's not like they're just completely, you know, t- corners that you can just completely tear up. So, but Devontae Adams is, is, He's pretty much matchup proof. But, yeah, the Lions could game plan against him. If you use the old Bill Belichick theory, we're going to take away your top guy. Um, they could game plan, and there's a scenario where they could actually contain him, where he doesn't have a monster game. And also the weaknesses in the secondary, like, for example, Alan Lazard could could, could go up because he's, he's getting more coverage with Tony McRae, who's their worst corner, right? So maybe Alan Lazard goes off and has a big game instead. So, yeah, so, yeah, I'm fine with fading him. GPP because I think his ownership's going to be I haven't looked at the recent projection but it's going to be ridiculous probably right. 30 to 40 percent you know it's gonna right. get really high so yeah excellent all right well who else are you looking at after him uh you know I still like Julio Jones you know he's he's almost expensive almost as expensive but he's a good he's enough discount from Devonte Adams that's the guy I would pivot to uh Julio Jones looked absolutely dominant uh Dallas uh if he's going against you know Diggs in the secondary for Dallas It's a rookie you know he's inexperienced I don't think he can handle him there's not a really good safety that can kind of double team that could do anything for Dallas you know they're just weak across the board in the secondary uh, so I love Julio Jones in this game uh, I think he's going to absolutely dominate uh, another guy that's uh, really interesting is Adam Thielen uh, I'm really liking Adam Thielen he's got a great matchup against uh, Indianapolis secondary is uh, not looking that great uh, they don't have that much of a pass rush, and Kirk Cousins loves Adam Thielen, and Adam Thielen is—he's borderline uncoverable, you know, is, is in terms of his route running and his timing and his chemistry with Kirk Cousins. He's just really good, and uh, you know, I think that they—they they could actually get down in this game, too, the Colts' offense is running on all cylinders, um, they could be down and actually have to pass, uh, which means Adam Thielen gets even more targets. So I think he's worth paying up for it. It's just a matter of roster construction. Can you pay his price because he's north of $7,000? And then we got uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, uh, you know, going against this, uh, you know, weak Carolina secondary. Uh, a lot of people are thinking he's still injured, but according to practice reports, he's fully healthy. So he's he should have a bounce-back week here. He had a really bad, bad week. puts him at lower ownership because of the recency bias. Uh, so I think this is definitely an over 100 yards, one-to-two touchdown-type game for Mike Evans, and it's going to be Tom Brady's guy. I think Tom Brady will take some deep shots. You know, I think that he'll dominate underneath and in the deep game. And, uh, you know, you can pair him up with angry Tom Brady here. And I think you got a pretty good pairing here. Um, and then, of course, while we're talking about that, we might as well talk about my guy, Scotty Miller. I never thought I'd be so excited about Scotty Miller. <laughs> but, yeah. Scotty Miller, you know, he's the poor man's Julian Edelman. You know, uh, he's always got to have the little uh, Brady's got to have his little Wes Welker Julian Edelman guy who's a little quick guy in the slot. Scott a. Miller's got a great matchup. He's super cheap. He's way too cheap on DraftKings at 4,100. So I think this guy can get targets in the red zone. I think he's just going to get a ton of targets because, by the way, Chris Godwin's out, which I think we mentioned that. So that really changes things. Um, and then we're looking at, you know, D- I kind of like DJ Shark because uh, I feel like if they get down in that game uh, with DJ Shark, that they're just going to be passing a ton. Uh, Tennessee should be up big. And Tennessee's pretty weak in the secondary. That's the way you attack them. And it seems like in those garbage time games that Minshew always throws a deep ball to D.J. Shark and, you know, he right. gets like a 60 yard touchdown. Yeah. Tennessee's like we're up by 30. It doesn't matter. And D.J. Shark's like, yes, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Minshew's, you know, he's got the mustache. He's running around like celebrating that they're only down by 20 now. So that's the way I see this playing out with D.J. Shark. And he's pretty <laughs> cheap. You know, he's got outside here. So uh, and then my other guy is uh, Terry McLaurin. You know, I like Terry McLaurin. He was shadowed by Darius Slay for Philadelphia last week, and Darius Slay tends to contain him. Uh, But now uh, you got Terry McLaurin. He's going against Arizona. So, And Arizona's going to put up some points uh, against Washington, even though I said I don't love Kyler Murray. They're still going to put up some points. It's a fast-paced game. Uh, Washington can get up to pace as well with their new offensive coordinator. They can have a fast pace as well and try to exploit Arizona and try to score with them. If they get up and run, uh, there's going to be more pass volume here. And Terry McLaurin, I think, can beat that Arizona secondary. They're pretty weak, you know. So um, so I, I like Terry McLaurin to flash and have a big game. And he's still pretty cheap because he hasn't had a big game yet this year because obviously it's only one week. He's 5,900 on DK, 65 at – uh, 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 fan duel and he's the type of guy That has huge upside that you can get by him Here I think Dwayne Haskins has improved this Year you know he's still not great but he's Good enough to for, to for a big Terry McLaurin Game here and I think Terry McLaurin Is a superstar and he's just waiting for a Breakout here so this is a good game for him to do it Even if it's in garbage time kind of like DJ Shark here so
0: Okay excellent a couple of the guys I want To mention uh, Calvin Ridley uh, I, I like that Matchup of course uh, yep. still Get some exposure there uh, Kendrick Bourne, I, I want to go back to him in some GPPs. He's under five thousand on DraftKings, and with Kittle out and Debo Samuel's out, uh, it's just there aren't that many guys there. Um, as we talked about on the last show, he had a he had a red zone target in the end zone uh, that got deflected at the last second. So uh, I think there's a, a good spot there for him. And Deontay Johnson. For Pittsburgh, uh, I, I like the matchup there. Um, getting uh, you know through the through the slots and underneath routes, uh, you know Ben uh, targeted heavily in, in week one and uh, really great price tag on on DraftKings at 4,500. And then yeah. the last guy, I don't think you mentioned him. Your boy Quintus Cephas.
1: Oh uh, yeah, for
0: Detroit, folks. If you're not following Shane on Twitter, go to D E T Sports Shane and follow to tw- uh, follow Shane you can also follow me on Twitter at language olympic but uh Shane's got the the full narrative here to share with everybody on Cephas
1: uh, but you shouldn't have mentioned him because now I got to tell the whole story. So Quintez <laughs> Cephas is—he's uh, got a little homecoming this week here. He's going into Green Bay. He happened to play at University of Wisconsin, where he was a star wide receiver there. My NFL comparison for Quintez Cephas is Anquan Bolden. He's the type of guy that coming as a rookie and have those type of Anquan bolden type games like he did as a rookie. Uh, very almost exact similar statistics in terms of you know the narrative on him when he was coming out. But so Quintez Cephas also went to high school in Georgia. And he happened to uh, go work out with Matthew Stafford, who also lives in Georgia. Georgia, So he has a lot of chemistry with Matthew Stafford, which is probably why, you know, one of the reasons with Galladay out again, he got 10 targets last week. You won't find another guy that has this type of chemistry and this type of talent that had 10 targets in week one that's at near minimum price on both sites. Um, also, uh, Quintez Cephas went out to San Diego and lived with Marvin Jones for part of the summer and he trained and he did nonstop training with Marvin Jones and, you know, uh, wide receiver drills. So he's been working out and putting the work in the guy's super smart. He knows the offense and he's the type of guy he's getting red zone targets. I I feel like he's definitely, I know it's hard. Hard to predict touchdowns, but this is the type of guy. I think he can get around six catches for around 70 yards and a touchdown this week. And he's 3800 on DK and 4600 on FanDuel. Try to find another wide receiver that's 4600 hours on FanDuel that you think is that has this type of upside. I mean, that's his upside, basically. You know, 70 yards and a touch, right? That that has this type of role in the offense with galladay out. Um, and the Lions are going to have to pass. And, uh, yeah, I think C- uh, Cephas, uh, you know, I think he, he's going to be going against uh, mostly uh, King, the outside, uh, the outside corner there, who's more exploitable than Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is projected to shadow Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones always torches the Packers, and they don't want to see him, you know, put up a huge game against them. So they're going to put Alexander on there, who's a great cover corner, um, and that leaves Cephas with uh, weaker coverage. And Stafford loves this guy, so yep. So he he's definitely a deep sleeper, and I don't think anyone, most people, don't know all that stuff of what we just talked about. He's literally having a homecoming. He's got great he's got great chemistry with Stafford, and he's and most people don't even know about him. But like I said, it, it, just picture Anquan Bolden rookie year. That's all you need to know.
0: That's that's a nice breakdown. <laughs> yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoy that. It's a great great narrative. So sure. on on that note, let's transition to the tight ends, and uh, big news there, of course, at the top. We've got George Kittle out. So if you're looking at that top tier, we've got Kelsey. We've got Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz. Uh, If you had to play one of those guys, who are you looking at?
1: Well, you know, I was really, really high on Mark Andrews, but then I was looking at some of the matchups. Houston's got a safety that can match up pretty good against against tight ends, and, and they contain Kelsey so that he didn't have a blow up game in week one. So one of the scenarios is that Houston has a good game plan for Mark Andrews and they don't shut him down, but they contain him to let's say like 50 or 60 yards. uh, And that's not going to pay off his price tag there. And Mark Andrews is obviously a full-time player now. He's the number one target in that great, in that, uh, in that uh, really good offense with uh Lamar Jackson but it's just he's making me a little nervous at his price tag and there's okay. a couple cheaper guys I like better but I'm not going to fault in what they put Mark Andrews he was you know initially my number one play but I'm just there's something about it that I feel like he could be in a uh, uh a disappointing spot here where he lets the people down so I'm okay. just saying there's a chance you know
0: so if you if you avoid those most expensive tight ends who are you who are you targeting
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you could take a look at the Philadelphia tight ends, Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard. Those guys are pretty much like starters because they don't have that good of receivers, really. um, And they run a lot of 12 personnel and they have great chemistry with Carson Wentz. And the Rams aren't going to be that great at covering tight ends. So you can look at those guys. And then I still like those other two mid-tier guys that I loved last week. That's Hayden Hurst for Atlanta. You know, he's their number one tight end. Uh, He gets a lot of uh, he's getting a lot of deep shots there. I like how he's a field stretcher and he's super athletic and he's just a big play waiting to happen. And Dallas is uh, like Jalen Smith's not really good at covering tight ends. He's the primary tight end guy. Their safeties aren't good. Um, So we feel like they're going to exploit Dallas through the passing game and Hayden Hurst is going to be a big reason for that. So I love Hayden Hurst. He's a red zone threat and a big play threat. So He's only fifty-seven hundred on Fanduel, uh, so you gotta love him. And uh, let's see, do do we have his price forty-six hundred on DK? Is like way too cheap for Hayden Hurst. So, um, so that's kind of a lock and load over there on DK for me. And then I still like my guy T.J. Hawkinson. Again, Galladay's out. Um, the secondary is pretty good for Green Bay. Um, so if you want to attack them, attack their linebackers and safeties. And Hawkinson is a complete mismatch. He has. Great rapport with Stafford. He's been, been a ton of extra work in with Stafford on routes and, and getting that chemistry. Um, so, Hawkinson is, is going to have a huge role against Green Bay this week. And if the Lions have a chance at scoring and winning this game, it'll be uh, partially because of guys like Hawkinson. Um, and he's still too cheap, 5,600. Uh, you know, he had a decent game, and his price didn't really go up that much. So, 5,600. FanDuel, 5,200 on DK. So I really like those two mid-tier guys. And then if you want to go down to the dumpster dive in here, to the lower price guys, you know, I think that this uh, Jonu Smith is really interesting for Tennessee. Um, all of a sudden, A.J. Brown's out, and he has a great matchup against Jacksonville. And Jonu Smith, he gets those little tight-end screen passes. He's, yep. he's a big physical athlete. He's the run after the catch. He's one of those, like, four or five type guys, but he's huge. So he's the type of guy that can just take one of those screen passes to the house, um, he can get some red zone targets. He got a touchdown last week. So he's way too cheap at like, you know, 4,900 on, uh, you know, on FanDuel. So you can take a look at Jonathan Smith. There's a couple other guys there. Uh, Logan Thomas is, you know, that other guy that I've talked about for Washington. He's their main tight end. He's And they're going to have to pass the ball. So he could probably have a decent game here um, as, as well. Um, so those are a few of the tight ends I like. Tight end is a pretty tough position. But there's a couple guys, that those couple guys I mentioned I do really like. And uh, if I do fade Mark Andrews, all I can hope is that he doesn't have a great game and he just has an average game. And that, uh, you know, if you get one of these five thousand dollar guys, five to six thousand dollar guys that outplays Mark Andrews and other people had to pay seventy five hundred for him on FanDuel. There's your huge advantage right there. So what do you think about these tight ends here?
0: Yeah, that's a nice breakdown. Uh, Just want to follow up on those cheaper guys. Uh, Logan Thomas, like you said. Uh, nice, uh, nice guy to look at in that matchup against Arizona, which was so fruitful last year for tight ends. And then Jonu Smith, I just want to, I just want to uh, echo what you said there. I just liked how Tannehill checked down to him so much in that game against Denver, and just got got the ball in his hands almost like a running back screen pass. And on Fan, uh, sorry, on DraftKings, he's only forty two hundred. So a PPR setup for Johnny Smith, I think, is is very nice. With, with AJ Brown, AJ Brown out, I think they'll just rely on him even more. So
1: yeah, yeah, seven targets in week one, and that was with AJ Brown, you know, right. in there. So yeah, that's very interesting.
0: Excellent. All right, well, let's wrap it up with some uh, look with a look at the defense
1: uh, option. Uh, who's your favorite target for a team defense this week? I mean, this isn't a very interesting take here. I still like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's not really, a, you know, a big deep sleeper or anything like that. But I think it's worth they're worth paying up for. You got Denver having to travel to Pittsburgh. Again, their home opener. I mean, if you guys watch Pittsburgh's defense, they're just completely – they're a problem. This Denver offensive line is not that great. And it's a huge mismatch in the in the, in in terms of pass protection, in terms of run blocking. I can't imagine Denver's going to be able to do much. And I hope Drew Lock is uh, the Pittsburgh's going to get up big in this game. And Drew Lock's going to have to sling the ball around. They're going to force him. And we're talking about strip sacks, and we're talking about potential pick sixes and interceptions. And and that's in a lot of sacks here, a lot of issues that Pittsburgh can cause. So they're they're my number one defense. I don't even think it's even close here. Um, you could take a look at the Tennessee Titans. They're at home as w- well, if you need to go down to a little bit cheaper team, they're a pretty tough defense and they got uh, Minshew in there who, who could throw some interceptions and, and get a little bit sloppy um, and because they're probably going to have a big lead as well. So I, I, I don't mind them. I think they're pretty good. If you want to go down even lower, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are kind of interesting. I don't think Carolina's that great, even though they do have a lot of talented players. Tampa Bay's sneaky good, and they're really cheap, and they're at home against Carolina, again, going to have a big lead. The only thing I don't like about that is Teddy Bridgewater's not really that turnover prone, but exactly. you never know. Yeah, yeah, he's just like checked down Charlie there, but you never know. They might be able to cause some issues there, or what if they sh- completely shut down Carolina where Carolina can't really score against them, and, you know, they get some sacks and maybe a few turnovers. So, um, yeah, so it's it's tough. I don't see any uh, value Defenses that I absolutely love, but what about you? Are you seeing any value? No,
0: there? I'm the same way. I usually can pick out one or two cheaper defenses that I like, but it's just not happening this week. And the mm-hmm. Buccaneers, it's, it's the, for the same reason. You know, Teddy Bridgewater was excellent last year in ball protection and uh, taking care of the ball. So um, I'm looking really more at, at the Steelers and Titans, like you said. Steelers, definitely my favorite as well. And I I do like the Bills. I, I I hear what you said about uh, the spot that they're in, having to travel into the heat. Um, So bottom line is Steelers are number one for me as well.
1: Yeah, awesome.
0: Okay, great. Well, that wraps up the Sunday main slate preview. We are going to do a separate show for the Sunday night and Monday night games, the the primetime games, two-game slate. So be sure to tune in for that. Best way to do it is if you're on YouTube – uh, please, if you'll hit that like button and hit the subscribe button, you know this this uh, podcast is in front of the paywall, and so if you go ahead and do that, uh, we'd appreciate it. And then what you'll get is you'll get the notification when the the next podcast posts, so you can get an early look at that two game breakdown, uh, and it should also help you build out your showdown slates as well. So that's what we've decided to do here on week two is break the Sunday night game into a separate podcast. So just focusing on the the Sunday main slate here. A couple other things. Just want to mention our charity of choice here is mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. Social media. Uh, Shane runs the uh, Instagram page, DFS underscore Coach Talk. And you can find us all on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. And if you want to talk to Coach about the Cowboys and your thoughts there, you can just message him directly at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Shane, any final thoughts here on the Sunday Main Slate show?
1: No, I mean, speaking of the Cowboys, that's that's one of the big determining factors with this slate. It's amazing how much... That, you know, Tyron Smith and the Cowboys offensive line, how that could affect this slate here. And I think, by the way, I think the Cowboys are still going to be super highly owned regardless of what's going on with their offensive line, which I think could be a mistake for people. So baiting the Cowboys could be an interesting way to get an advantage here. Uh, They're super talented and there's so many fans of Cowboys that just want to stack them. And I think it could be a mistake, especially if their offensive line is, you know, they're missing all their starters here that could cause issues. And that's going to change this entire slate. So that is probably the most fascinating news here uh, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about with this slate uh, besides everything else that we have going on. So, yeah, it's going to be a great slate of games and we're we're, we're ready to uh, dominate uh, on Sunday here.
0: Yeah, we really are. So best of luck to all of you as you build out your lineups. Thank you so much for your support and for listening. If you have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, Leave a a comment on YouTube. uh, DM us in in Twitter. Uh, We'd love to interact with you. Or, of course, you can jump in as a member at DFSCoachTalk.com, and you'll get those lineups on Sunday before kickoff. So thank you again for tuning in, and be sure to tune in again for the Sunday and Monday primetime show as well as our next NBA podcast for the Sunday game as we look to crush it in DFS.